make sure the recording it is going the recording welcome to the xanadu cinema pleasure dome with wendy bolsby and melissa kersher Listeners, to another episode of Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Oh my God. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm like one of your hosts, just the one, just the one, Wendy. And um, she's right over there. By right over there, I mean on the opposite side of the country from me. But that's my, that's the other one. That's. Melissa. Hey, yo. <laughs> and we're here to talk about stuff that brought us joy. Boop, 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 boop. Particularly movie joy, but also other joy. Yeah. I mean, joy. it is a cinema pleasure dome. It is. Um, and speaking, um, speaking of cinematic, uh, Melissa, yeah. I know that we are all getting a little burnt out on the superhero genre but i finally watched guardians of the galaxy 3 hey how was it i haven't seen it yet melissa it's so good oh okay like like refreshingly good and they thank god toned down the chris prattness of it all oh thank goodness yeah 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 um like, because that is my biggest complaint. But like, James Gunn can still deliver the goods. This is like still a really great ensemble that he is mm-hmm. playing with, and I think that may be why it works. Like, they're not trying to introduce yet another character and yet another bad guy to me. Good. Like, and because I think that's where a little bit of my fatigue is coming in. Of like, I don't what. Why where why do I care about this guy now? Right. And who are you now? Like it's too big. It's getting too big. It's too big. Mm-hmm. I can't <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Mind of a child. Um uh so this one, no spoilers, but it's focused a lot more on raccoon, on Rocket Raccoon, and moving forward from grief. Oh, nice. So in the same way that, you know, how much I love Iron Man 3 because it's about Tony Stark mm-hmm. addressing the PTSD of what happened at, in the Avengers, this is about really the Guardians addressing their longstanding trauma. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot that's really powerful in it. Oh, nice. Yeah. And the bad guy that they came up with He's new, but he's also tied to other things that you've already met. So you're like, okay, so I may not have known it was him and that he was, but like, oh, I get it now. So Mm -hmm. 
like it's a good it's a good piece of shorthand storytelling and i uh, okay so side note uh Mm -hmm. my kiddo has been showing one of their friends uh new doctor who over the course of the summer working their way through the eccleston uh season and like they just watched father's day and the doc and then the doc not father's day and then empty child and the doctor Mm -hmm. dances and like the stories are so fun but oh omg melissa the uh visual effects and they weren't great at the time (laughs) but they're really not great now (laughs) and so I, i bet i bring that up to be like it is startling that we have Rocket Raccoon as a character that I am never brought out of the movie yeah. by by the performance of something that isn't real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is shocking how far our visual effects have come. And Bradley... Um, Bradley what, Cooper? Thank you. Bradley Cooper's performance shines through it's yeah um Mm -hmm. and it finally because because then we went back and watched guardian most of guardians 2 and rocket is such an asshole in that and it does get addressed in that movie as part of like the journey of rocket over these three movies is so profound Mm -hmm. and of course it's like oh but it's you know also peter quill and i'm like i don't actually give two flying fucks about peter quill but Boy Howdy Nebula, yes. Oh yeah. Rocket Raccoon, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Mantis, yes. Drax, yes. Like the rest of them, so on board. So yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy three, and um, the reason why because it finally popped up on Disney Plus. There <laughs> <laughs> we are. Going out to movies is hard. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Mm. Um, uh, so, yeah. What about you? What have you seen that brought you joy, Melissa? Well, um, on Monday nights, we have the the Criterion movie night, as you know. And so, dear listeners, we have a squad of people who meet on Discord and we all choose one movie on the Criterion channel to watch together. You know, we just synchronize when we press play and just watch it together and comment on Discord. And our selection last week was Playtime. Jacques <gasps> to tease Playtime. Aww. Which uh, Wendy knows is one of my favorite movies of all time. I love it so much. And there's really not another movie like it. I hadn't rewatched it in quite a while. It's been a few years it, but uh man it's still so wonderful and every time i watch it i see new things in it i would yeah i would imagine yeah. so because that's one of the films that you have shown me during one mm-hmm. of our many uh, xanadu marathons yeah it's it's like dance except comedy so it's, yeah it's it was made in 1967 so dear listeners if you don't know what this movie is um it's not a surprise it's not uh one of the the big classics but it's well known like amongst like french film lovers and things like that uh so jacques tati was a uh 
a comedian who lived in France in the 1960s, and he made just a handful of movies. So there was Mon Uncle, um, Monsieur Hulot's Holiday, Traffic, uh, Playtime, Jeux de Fête, and Parade. That's it. That's his filmography. And four of those movies in the Monsieur Hulot movies. So he plays this character, Monsieur Hulot, who is uh, kind of like Charlie Chaplin's The Tramp character. Mm-hmm. He's just kind of the, the, the mechanism by which the viewer observes the world. And whereas The Tramp is making things happen and he is the source of comedy, Monsieur Hulot is just kind of a focal point. Um, he's, he's just kind of this... Uh, fuddy-duddy man with like a little sweater vest on and a little hat and a pipe and he wanders around looking befuddled at things and he's like a piece of driftwood drifting through his environments yeah but it's but the tone of the comedy is something I enjoy so much because it's kind of this gentle satire I mean he's poking fun at the modern world and like look at these beautiful glass modern buildings and and these very modern chairs and all these modern conveniences and it's kind of this wonderland of new conveniences but then he, he's through the medium of film he is showing how human beings don't quite fit in yeah. And so like they're running into the glass windows because they're so polished and they're tripping over the modernist chairs and the modernist chairs, when you sit them, make a little fart sound. And, and it's, it, there's, there is not a mean bone in any of the comedy. It's, it's very, it's, it's poking fun, but it's not mean spirited in any way, shape or form. It is kind of this wonderment at what is going on and playtime is the Monsieur Holo movie. It's three out of four. It's a third movie where Tati made it his humor on a grand scale. He literally built a city. He mm. built a city to film in. And uh, so like, I don't like eight blocks worth of modern uh, glass buildings and, and streets and, and it's also he could control the comedy in every levels. And the comedy happens in this huge cast where you recognize characters out of the individual people in the street if you're watching carefully enough. But there's not like a plot. There's not really character. There's not really dialogue. There are words said, but they don't really impact anything in the movie you're just kind of watching the sounds and colors and watching people interact kind of as they brush up against each other day to day and it is kind of this dance of comedy and there's really no other film like it and so dear listeners if this is the first time you're hearing me say the word playtime (laughs) if you have never heard of this movie i i recommend you seek it out it is uh it's just, it's beautiful and just kind of gently humorous and kind of a balm to the soul. It just, it just feels good to watch. It's very fun. So yeah. It's very French. 
It's very franch. It is. <laughs> but, it is. But they play but with it. But on the gentler side of franchness. Well, yeah. But I mean, like, there's there's a poking fun at the Frenchness of it, too, because mm-hmm. um, there's parts of it where, where you see uh, there are travelers coming in from the, you know, Orly Airport, I think, uh, and the 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 travelers come in and they're they're sightseers and they're sightseeing around. There's just all these glass buildings, but and their only glimpse of like the the Eiffel Tower is in the reflection in a door, or you know you see <laughs> yeah. you see these you know like a door opens and you see one of these famous parasites just kind of glance across the reflection, or you see a a travel agency where there are these posters on the wall that says see London, uh, see, uh, uh, see Zurich, see whatever. And it's the same building, the same (laughs) modern building in the images on these posters with a different bus in the front of it. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, it's, it's, uh, uh, I, I love the movie. I really do. Ah, <laughs> uh, now you're making me want to go watch something very French. I mean, you've seen Playtime. If you've not seen Mon Uncle, I think you'd really enjoy Mon Uncle too, because it's basically uh, Playtime on a smaller scale. It's in this house that's very modern, and uh, yeah. Well, I still haven't watched The Young Girls of Rochefort for crying out loud. Well, that I mean, that's uh, Jacques Demy. Yes. And yeah, also sorry. delightful. And you really, really need to see the young girls of Rochefort. I I am You really do. I know, I know. I'm so aware. Also, uh I forget who did it. Might have been Michael Lee was uh Greta Greta Gerwig with her list of movies that are like in that inspired Barbie or tangentially mm-hmm. or blah 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 and and the list of them and I think it was Michael Lee was like this looks like a windy playlist and I went through and I went I have seen yep. 95% of those yes I think Playtime actually showed up in that list I think it did yeah because of the environment there's this all-encompassing environment yeah I think yeah. it was on there because I know Demi was on there. Demi I, I was w- definitely on there because I know Demi was on there for both um, Umbrellas of Sherberg and uh, Young Girls of Rochefort. Um, mm-hmm. But then also, of course, uh, Singing in the Rain for yeah. the <laughs> for the Dream Ballet within the Dream Ballet. <laughs> of course, <laughs> right? <laughs> so brilliant, so brilliant. Ha. Huh. Um, Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, well, I'm glad that you watched that and were, and had such a lovely, relaxing sort of a oh. thing. What are you all watching? It's a Monday now. What are you all watching tonight? Do you know? Oh, um, I picked uh, two shorter films. Like, they were both an hour long. And uh, let me take a look. I'll. Uh... There were things I had not seen before, and they popped up on Criterion. It's like... I want to see that. So uh, tonight's selection, we start off with uh, uh, Rubber Band Pistol, 1962. It Mm. is Juzo Itami's first movie. So the guy who did Tampopo and Supermarket Uh. Woman. And so that filmmaker that I've recently been discovering, um, we're going to watch that. And uh, apparently it's about a bunch of teenagers who have rubber band pistols you know, shooting at each other. And then 
the the main event one is Shinjuku Boys of 1995, which is about trans men in Tokyo. Cool. It's a documentary. Yeah. I look forward to hearing about that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will be happy to bring news about it next week. Cool. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> okay. So mm-hmm. what else? What else has brought us joy this week? Ooh. Okay. So uh, I went to see Clutch again live. Oh, yeah. I went to, yeah. So uh, yeah, this was actually like a week and a half now because we kind of skipped recording last week. But um, yeah, Clutch came through uh, St. Paul. I went to see them. This is uh, third or fourth time seeing them. I think it's my third time. And every time I see them, Wendy, they're <laughs> a fucking great band. They're so good. <laughs> it's one of those things where I, I love their music, but I even more love seeing them live because they're a great band to see live. And they're one of those bands where they've been playing together since the 90s. They are solid. They oh, have, yeah. they, they are great musicians. You know, they are on point every single time. There, There's... There's nothing that lags. They, uh, they're a working band. They are a working band, and it is so admirable. And uh, and each time I see them, they get a little little bit more production value on their on their shows, more than just you know showing up with their instruments. So they actually had lights this time. It was great. (laughs) Uh, No, it looked good. And uh, this was in the Palace Theater in downtown St. Paul and palace has been turning into quite the music venue lately. Um, Dear listeners, it's an old uh, vaudeville early movie theater that uh, has just turned into a music venue over the recent years. And the way it looks inside is like, they still have all the old plaster moldings, but they keep the, the broken plaster moldings in the chipped paint. So it look it still looks like uh, the, the theater is still falling apart a little bit, but you know, they have the modern lighting and the modern sound systems and a really nice bar. And so they, they keep the character of the old theater alive in there. And I really like it. Nice. <laughs> so the amusing thing though, uh, about the Clutch show is they had two openers. First of all, there was Red Fang, and they were great. I'd never even heard of them before. And it's like, dang, these guys are good. And then, second mm-hmm. on stage, oh, mm-hmm. Wendy, yeah. was Dinosaur Jr. What? Do you remember Dinosaur Jr.? Y- yes. Yes. They did not belong there. What? And Why do I remember terrible. Dinosaur I... Jr.? Didn't they have like one radio? Yeah, and I and Wendy, they were in that that kind of late '90s slate of really anonymous, bland white guy bands. Yeah, yeah. What? what? Okay, how long did they play for? Like, cause too long. Yeah, like I would be like, okay, I'm willing to listen to you for like three songs. Uh, nope, oh. you're still going. Oh God, no! I uh, so my friend Ian had actually seen the same tour a few days before I saw it. Like he caught them in Pittsburgh or something, and so he also saw the Dinosaur Junior set. And he goes, "Oh God, I'm so sorry about the upcoming Dinosaur Junior set. It's not going to be good." I'm like, "Really?" I go, "Oh no." 
I've never wanted a band to stop playing more than I've been Dinosaur Jr. And I don't want to be mean, but oh God, that, oh, oh no. (laughs) Oh no. Oh no. This is a band that has uh, mistaken random guitar distortion for music. They don't Uh. leverage it well. Uh, it's yeah. kind of it's kind of like the but but it's kind of like the Padme and Anakin scenes in Attack the Clones. It makes the uh, Obi Wan scenes look even better. Fuck yeah, it did. <laughs> I was so happy when Clutch came out on stage. Right? Oh, they were good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, they were so good. And well, then, and, and for some weird fucking reason, the lead singer brought out a theremin for one of the sets, so it was pretty oh, great. Oh, glorious. <laughs> right? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. So, yes, yes, I'm yes. I'm going to get weird. Here's a theremin. Sweet! <laughs> fucking hell yes! <laughs> yes. Uh, how about you, Wendy? What, have, uh, what has brought you joy over the last week or so? Okay. I can't remember. Did I talk to you about Bake Off the Professionals? I think you did a little bit. I don't think okay. it was on the podcast, though. Okay. Well, I'll give Go you two it. things. I'll give you two things. Right. If we talked about it, then, like, listeners, it's it's a rep- repeat. But, like, especially with the Frenchness, here's why it oh, came to yeah. mind. With the Frenchness of Tati and Demi, right? So, uh, Big Off the Professionals, which you can see a couple of seasons on netflix and of course they're later seasons and Mm -hmm. like you're left to be like why won't you just give us all of them the hell right but the reason to enjoy it is first off it's teams of professional patisserie chefs specifically right so it's focusing on patisserie so they are constantly doing stuff with chocolate with sugar and with pastry Mm um and um and they're from all over the world. Like okay. often they like where they work is somewhere in the UK, but like these teams are Polish and Czech and Spanish and like they're from all over. But it's the judges. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have Cherish, who is Chinese, mm-hmm. and she is no nonsense. She has a little ruler when she tells you that they need to be uniform she pulls out a ruler and is like you can see that this is two and a half centimeters and that one is three so (laughs) that's not uniform and i'm judging you and then but then there's benoit (laughs) (laughs) who is the other judge and he has great eyebrows he is french and um and both of them have such a fun dry snark like neither one of them is trying to be funny or trying to be goofy but they have fun personalities and they are equally matched because you know like in the regular bake-off it's turned into pretty much the paul hollywood show so it's a lot more evenly matched but the fun listeners is simply whatever benoit says saying it again (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like the like we mostly watch it so we can parrot back what Benoit has said with an outrageous French accent. <laughs> so that that has been bringing my household joy. Beautiful. And Beautiful. then um just if in case I'm repeating myself also you should read The Fourth Wing by Rebecca Yaros. Oh my goodness. Oh. 
Okay. I have a new, I have a new obsession. Of course you do. Of course they do. The problem is it's meant to be like a five book series. There's only one book out now, but the second book comes out in November. But this is again, one of those stories where you're, where you're like, it spawns a million fan theory TikToks. It's like, okay, so here's what we know. Here's what we can guess. What do we <laughs> think's going to happen here? And because, and because it's, it is, it was described on TikTok and it is not far off. How to train your dragon meets Top Gun. <laughs> yeah. So you have this, you have this female protagonist, 20 years old. Everybody in this fantasy country has to do their military service. And even though it's a magic system, the level of technology is probably pretty equivalent to like 1900s. Okay. Right? Like, because they have indoor lights and indoor plumbing and, and all of that nonsense, right? Um, everybody has to do military service and they show up and you can choose, but like, depending on what you choose, there's more social standing and the most dangerous is try to try to become a dragon rider, but that's okay. also where there's the most possibility for social status, but also they don't tend to live very long. So it's one of those, <laughs> but also you get to ride a dragon and you mm -hmm. bond and the dragon, of course you have to bond with the dragon and then there's you know the telepathy and all that but so her mother is the basically commandant of the entire military academy that all these kids show up at mm -hmm. and is a famous general uh in in the war that they are fighting against this other country and you find out that they had put down a rebellion uh, a civil civil war rebellion 10 years previously and her daughter who has chronic disease has a chronic disease hmm. she has um a connective tissue disorder oh oh wow okay yeah and her daughter huh. who was training all her life to be a scribe like her father who has died her mother's like no you're gonna be a dragon rider it's like she and like and her older sister's like, she's going to die. You're sending her to her death. And it's just like, nope, I've made this decision. And so help me God, this is the way it's going to be. And so she's forced to go to the Dragon Academy. And of course, she is physically very weak, physically mm -hmm. very small. She has a lot of disadvantages, but she is a trained scribe and historian and academic and she's fucking mm -hmm. smart and she's clever and it's fucking satisfying. <laughs> it's and then the world building and the politics of this war and everything as that builds out. The, we want book two is what I'm saying. We want mm -hmm. book two. We want book two now. Now, please now. And could we not have to wait forever for the other ones too? So anyway, yes, the fourth wing. Okay, and nice. also some very nice spicy sex scenes. Of only course. a handful, only a handful, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Little little spice in the mix to make it interesting. <laughs> yeah, 
And yeah. I really kind of appreciate that this is become. I granted, I don't know how if it's becoming the norm, but at least it's becoming more accessible and talked about. Of like, yes, thank you. Let us have love making scenes that are accurate. <laughs> oh yeah, and detailed. There is nothing <laughs> wrong with. Like, we don't need to metaphorically, like, pan to the candle or the fireplace, right? Right, right. right? like, no, they're having sex. You can describe that. I mean, <laughs> go right ahead. So, uh, so yeah, the, uh, those brought me joy because I had a awesome. rough Friday. So I bought the fourth wing and I finished it in a night because that's how I do. <laughs> oh, oh, you had a rough week, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because that's how I do. I didn't go to bed that till three. That is how three, you do. But it was done. <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, listeners, uh, hopefully one of those will spark your interest. And, um, and hopefully, like, you're experiencing random moments of joy. I heard a term on the internet uh, called, I think they're calling it glimmer. Oh. I think that's glimmer, not shimmer. Okay. I feel like it's glimmer. And it's sort of the counterpart to trigger. Like, right? The, oh. Because oh. we know about triggers of small things that set off larger emotions. And like, mm -hmm. so glimmers are small things that set off larger joy. Like when you stop Ooh. and you realize, oh, there's a wind chime. Oh. Oh, look at that. I or, like and, that. Or an eagle flying overhead. You're like, oh, look at that. So yeah. listeners, uh, we are wishing you glimmers. Oh, mm. I like I, it. I guess I should wrap things up, right? Yeah, it's it's about time. Okay. So <laughs> listeners, thanks for tuning in once again to Melissa and I rambling on about um, movies and other random glimmers of joy. Uh, once again, I've been Wendy. That's been... Melissa. Yeah. And we will talk to you next week. Pew, pew, pew. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Just in time for Chris to do I do not know what on the counter of, in the kitchen. Of course. Of course. Thank you for joining us in the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Our theme song was written by Tim Wick and Jeffrey Brown and recorded and mastered by Chad Dutton. New episodes arrive every Thursday. You can find us on iTunes and on Stitcher. You can also visit us at XanaduCinema.com, follow us on Twitter at Xanadu Cinema, and like us on Facebook at Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. actually made it through without having to reset Zencaster. I'm, I know. I'm proud. I'm I proud of Zencaster. <laughs> I kept looking over like, it's still going. Oh mm -hmm. my goodness. That's amazing. <laughs>